yeah, this is, uh, you know, that negative thought you've been having, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't let you try and change yourself without a fight, so, uh, go ahead and just turn this show off, okay, and, um, uh, yeah, everything's still fine. This is Blindsight with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. Are you serious? We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hello there, and welcome to Blindside. I'm your host, Bill Lundgren, and we're really excited to have you here for this program. We have a particularly interesting speaker, and Blindside, of course, is a uh, resource of Audio Information Network of Colorado. And so what we're doing today is we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, uh, which has to do with, uh, as I understand it, and Amy's going to explain more about it, uh, than uh, about being able to increase our, our vision or acuity through, uh, working with other species as well as uh, the, the things that she's being trained to do. So I'm welcoming Amy Seltzer. Welcome. Glad to have you here and real excited to talk about your topic. Uh, Thank you, Bill. How did you get involved with it? Well, one thing a lot of people like is their uh, pets that they own. And um, I'm that way myself. I have two pets. I have a dog and a cat. But my history, uh, when I was younger, I actually lived in a remote area. So I've been involved ever since I was just learning to walk and talk uh, with wild animals. So in my neighborhood, there were very few people, but there was a lot of animals. We had, uh, you know, jackrabbits, we had uh, wild coyotes, and uh, all sorts of wild animals that were around all the time. So every night when I went to sleep, I could always hear the coyotes running around and catching the rabbit. So I learned a lot about the way that dogs hunt. And that has really changed the way that I think about eyesight. Because if you figure on it, in order to catch a rabbit, uh, dogs have to be able to see very well. And uh, this is why I got the idea in the beginning that dogs could help us to see better. So when I got older and I moved to the city, uh, I never saw the uh, coyotes anymore, but I did, you know, adapt some uh, rescue animals. And as I helped these animals to see better, I noticed that they started to uh, express more of their uh, wild instincts. And I also noticed that I got it. I got started uh, to see better in my personal life. So that's where the idea came forth. I wanted to write a book about eyesight because it was an important topic for just your well-being, your physical well-being, your emotional well-being. But then as I spent more time on this book, I really felt like I wanted to emphasize how all creatures have eyes. And when we share our eyesight with these pets that we keep, we are going to bond with them so much closer. 
so that not only is it a good idea to improve your own eyesight, but it's also a good idea to improve your bond with your pet so that when you come home from work, you have complete relaxation from the stresses of work. So how do you how do you mean share our eyesight? That's an interesting concept. You're an illustrator and artist as well. This is a- yes, I am. So when I when I look at my dog, I see that my perceptions of myself are reflected in my in my pet. And that is primarily in uh, posture. So for example, if I had a hard day at work and things weren't going right, uh, when I look at my dog, I am not standing up straight and I could be kind of off center to the side and my eyes are low and my head is down and, and uh, I'm kind of more kind of uh, forward and kind of caved in in my chest. And and my dog will look at me and my dog sees these as cues. So this is one of the, the key concepts about when dogs hunt in, in a wild dog, when they're out hunting rabbits in a pack, uh, they, they don't just chase after the rabbit. They are looking at that prey and looking for the cues that it gives. And then the group responds according to what the animal does. So when your dog looks at you, when my dog looks at me and it sees that I have all these different physical posture characteristics that I don't normally have, it sees them as cues. And it sees that I'm not connecting very well to my uh, environment and I'm not coordinating very well in the room because I have somehow removed myself from my eyesight because I'm stressed out. So that's that's the benefit of having your dog see you because it reads your posture as if it's reading a book. Right. It's like I have a guide dog and <clears throat> my, my sense sometimes that he knows when I'm stressed out. He's trying to tell me, you know, Elmo's like cool it. And uh, sometimes I pay attention to that, uh, and to my uh, disadvantage is don't pay attention to it because he's really reading me. That's right. The thing you're talking about. That is what I'm talking. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And when you have this relationship with your dog, it kind of has a little bit of a play to it, so it kind of right. can go ebb or flow. So on on the one hand, they uh, you walk in the door and your dog looks at you, it sees your posture and it reads all these cues. And then you have the opportunity to help that dog know how to interpret situation of you being there with it. And if you choose to ignore your posture and ignore your breathing uh, and ignore the situation, then your dog is going to change its strategy. So your dog is going to then emulate you. So if, if you walk in and you have this weird weird uh, set of cues going on, your dog is going to try to match your cues and it's going to kind of hide its own cues and its own knowledge and its own wisdom about relaxing and seeing uh, and coordinating in the environment. 
So what I hear you saying is your dog is kind of can be a thermometer to tell you what your mood is. A lot of us who are listening are guide dog users like myself. And one of the things that you're talking about is really the communication ongoing between the dog and you. So can you tell me more about uh, what your thinking is and your experience in, in working with this kind of population? Right. So when when you come into contact with your dog, you're kind of in a give and take situation where the dog can use a couple of different strategies depending upon what you do. So you are like the alpha dog and, and you're the one who is giving the instruction. So if you are the leader, then the dog is going to submit to your will. And, and whatever it perceives that you want, it's going to follow down that path. So, for example, if you are stressed out, you might display this at, in your posture. And when your dog sees that posture, it's going to see it like it's reading a book. So it's not just that you're leaning over and you've collapsed your chest and that your chin is down and your eyes are down and that you're you might be clenching your fists or you might be uh, leaning to the side. All these things are are not just posture to your dog. They're uh, different cues to your dog. When you're showing your dog these cues, you've created a situation where your dog's either going to copy what you're doing and copy your posture, copy your breathing, copy your stress to make you feel like you're the alpha dog and it's copying you. So it's following you. It's letting you know it's following you by copying the stress behaviors that you have. Mm. Or when your dog sees those cues and sees your posture, and then you as the alpha dog start to try to relax and you start to stand up straighter, You start Mm. to raise your chest. You start to open up your throat. You start to breathe a little deeper. That dog is going to know that you want to relax and that you want to see better and that you are needing its help to do those things. So instead of copying you, then it's going to teach you. So... You can, you can get your dog to do these things just by being the leader and asking for help. So uh, one great way you can ask for help is to start breathing because your dog is going to be much better at breathing than you are. Oh, because so, sometimes it's a contact since he's a new, uh, new to me guide dog. I feel like I wonder who's the alpha And maybe that's part of what I need to, what you're saying is I need to learn to settle down, relax, and, uh, you know, and in that way, give him room to work. I think that's true. I think that's true. So uh, the very most important thing you can do um, is to relax your breathing because Mm. your dog's going to... uh, change its strategy based upon whether or not you are, are breathing uh, in a relaxed way. Mm, interesting. 
and uh, it's going to it's going to uh, uh, key off of that. And um, when uh, you want to bond to your dog, the best uh, step to do is to uh, start breathing. Mm. So. so maybe maybe be aware of your posture and be aware of whether or not you're holding your neck and your shoulders if you're if you're uh uh tensing your shoulders if you're tensing your neck your breathing is going to be limited you're going to kind of be smothering yourself and so you want to just kind of uh, uh roll back your shoulders and open up your chest and breathe deeper and try to breathe from your uh, your gut. So right. you shouldn't be afraid of actually using your hands in order to, you know, place your hands on your shoulders. Maybe if you don't want to set them on your shoulders, you can just tap your shoulders with your fingers and lightly tap them. And uh, as you're tapping your shoulders and you maybe try to roll them back a little bit and then Move your hands upward on your neck and then tap your neck a little bit. After you've done that to yourself, then you can go to your dog and do the same thing with your dog. So oh. you can approach your dog and uh, uh, reach out your hand. Of course, uh, you want to make sure the dog's okay with you contacting it. Um, so you might not want to put your hand above the dog's head or... Uh, uh, you don't want to touch its uh, behind its uh, ears, or you don't want to touch its tail. But you, as you approach your dog, you might uh, 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 reach out your hand closer to where the middle section of the dog is. And if the dog seems like it's okay with that, at that point, you can touch its shoulders and maybe tap its shoulders a little bit, and then tap its neck a little bit. But that's after you have done those things to yourself. Oh. Now what you've done is you've uh, uh, started a, a, a direction that the dog is going to uh, uh, respect you as alpha dog more. And it's going to understand that you're going to do to yourself first what you do to it. So it's uh, uh, not only are you emphasizing that you're the alpha dog, but then you're also emphasizing that um, this is kind of a, a, a healing experience and a teaching experience. So you're saying, I'm a teacher. I just taught you about your, your, your shoulders and your neck and you can teach me too. So, um, as you're, um, tapping your dog's shoulders and neck, you want to watch it very closely and see what it does. So, what you might do is uh, see if it moves anything, like any kind of motion, like if it if it wiggled its ear, um, or if it uh, uh, blinked its eye, and if it does something like that, try to uh, say its name and say "good dog." It might not seem like it's that big deal to you that it uh, wiggled its ear or flopped its ear around. Or uh, that it had, like, maybe if you touch its shoulder, its sh shoulder will uh, move a little bit. Then you always want to say the dog's name and say good dog. Because it's, it's talking to you through these cues that it's giving.
And that's much more subtle than some of the training that we might get elsewhere. That's it. Part of natural vision, okay, part of interspecies natural vision is if you get a cue like that from your dog, you want to make a mental note of it. And it, what it's called is it's called a, a comparison. So you say to yourself, um, when I walked in this room, my dog was sitting pretty much perfectly still. And then after I touched my dog's neck, then it moved. And now you've made a comparison. You said, we started out this one way and then something changed. When you make that comparison in your mind, you are activating your neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so when you talk about learning, you can learn your whole life. You know, all you have to do is you have to invest the time in order to help your brain to learn. So when you uh, engage with your dog, uh, you demonstrate the action upon yourself, then you de- uh, you show your dog by touching it, then you note uh, and make the comparison in your mind how the dog acted before and after, and now your brain will start making chemicals about learning. So you've told your brain, through the help of your dog, you've told your brain, I'm going to learn how to see better, I'm going to learn how to breathe better, and even though it might seem very simple, these small uh, comparisons that you make are telling your brain to make chemicals that will help you to make other changes as you're getting better and better at seeing. So in other words, if I'm spending time with a guide dog and the dog is always with me, mm-hmm. but, but I need to be paying attention uh, tactily, uh, largely, uh, since I can't see what he's doing, but by feeling, you know, his feeling, his motion and so forth, I'm learning what he needs. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And so, uh, when, uh, when you're, uh, and, and I don't want to, uh, emphasize too much eyesight on this because the most, you know, dogs, dogs eyesight is not the best part of their body. Right. They have all these different motions that are cues that you can you can you can experience and you can observe. Uh-huh. And so when when they're making this motion, then you can compare it and say, what we just did caused it to uh, have this, uh, like for example, like it moved its shoulder or something like that. You can feel that in your own shoulder. Right. Right. Excuse me. Uh, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. In yeah, other no. words, the two the two of us are really in more in sync. I'm make getting us more in sync. Right. So you could either say like if if it, like if you notice your dog had some sort of motion that it, it did with its body, you could either uh, concentrate and try to feel that motion in your own body. If you want, mm, mm-hmm. or else you could just say the dog's name and say "good girl" or "good boy," so that you that the dog knows that you saw that. So if, huh. if it does something that you're not sure you can do, like if it if it if it makes some kind of motion that you can't uh, recreate right away, you can always say, uh, 
its name and then say good girl or good boy. You know, so, so maybe later on, if it does it again, like uh, you would be able to feel it another time. Right. But if, if you can't, you want to respond really quickly. And if you can't uh, feel it yourself right away, then you can always say its name right away so that it knows that you saw that. And you can get some of the uh, some of the uh, signal, the motion signal through the harness as well, because the harness is so tuned to the dog's body. So that's another way you get some of the messages from the dog that you've got to pay attention to. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. And then um, after you've noticed those messages and uh, you've either felt them yourself or told your dog, it's uh, called your dog by its name and praised it. The most important thing is to pause and and stop for a minute. So um, when you notice those things, think about it a little bit and think about where you are and what time it is, and just give yourself a second to pause and reflect upon it, because. What you're doing is um, now that you've noticed that your dog has moved and you've uh, recognized it and you've praised your dog, now y- your brain has opened up and it's allowed an opportunity for this uh, uh, learning to begin in order to make the learning begin, you have to pause and stop and rest so it's almost like taking a little bit of a nap a kind of little sleeping just for a second and relaxing really deeply for a second say i just learned something i'm gonna stop and think i learned something and then you incorporate it in your in your brain you incorporate that learning and then it'd be more automatic next time that same thing happens is that what we're talking about okay that's exactly what i'm saying so we're working within the system, and uh, uh, when you do that, then the brain is going to start thinking about how am I going to do that better next time? What what can I do? So that's when you, you you get a real advantage for working with a dog because dogs are very expert at transitions, and part of transitions is to just stop and pause afterwards. I have a friend who has a a new puppy and. Um, this is a kind of a dog that could be trained as a guide dog. And one of the, one of the, uh, it's not trained yet, but one of the things that it does is every time it has some action, it stops after it did it and just rests. And, and that dog is very, very smart, you know, because, um, it, it instinctively knows that, it has begun to learn and needs to stop and rest. Oh. So you might think, oh, you dumb dog. Why don't, why don't you keep on coming? We're, we're doing so good. We're learning so much. And the dog is like, no, listen to me. I'm teaching you, you know, that um, when we learn and when we're starting this relationship and we're, we're going down this path, the most important part of it is to stop. Mm. So, we are on this path. So what you, what you're saying is, uh, if I hear you right, you know, this natural way of operating 
uh, with dogs is not so natural for us because we're, you know, we're Americans and we go fast and everything has to happen in, in an instant. And you're saying slow down, which is good for us anyway. That's the advantage of, of using a dog because a dog is never going to forget about the transitions. Mm. And that's exactly right is that we, we're going too fast and, and, we want to uh, find it out and then we want to zoom to the next subject and learn that and then go on to the next thing. And it's always go, go, go forward, forward. And um, that is a, a, a pressure that we get from society that our dog can teach us how to uh, escape that. Hmm. So we need to. Uh, we need to reduce our pressure, and our dog knows that if we give it permission and we, we start this uh, relationship with the dog, it will show us right away how to do that transition. Right. Well, you know, at times with this, with my new dog, he'll throw toys at me and say, hey, daddy. Pay attention to me, which really is what you're saying. I've got right. to move away from the computer or whatever mm-hmm. and spend time with him and get a sense of what he needs. Yes. Yes. And I think uh, when you do that, um, you shouldn't feel like you have to spend like a whole half an hour, but that you should be able to uh, take it as an opportunity for better eyesight. And what I mean by that is that um, for five minutes, just give all of your attention to your dog. And, and I don't mean that you're going to see it better, but what, I'm, what I mean is that um, you will approach it as if you could see it very, very well. You know, so you're giving all your attention to the dog for five minutes and then you stop. So... In other words, you're not checking your email. Nothing's interrupting you. You're just, everything is pointed toward the dog. And uh, if the dog does something, you say its name or you try to feel it yourself. And you do that for five minutes and you've started that dialogue. Hmm. So in a sense, you're seeing the dog by what people refer to as the third eye. You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of kind of the, the the brain doing the operation but you've got to give it time to work yes yes so what what you might do is you might uh um well well consider that um your dog doesn't have a lot of needs but it does have a need that you would be very very coordinated with it so you could oh. spend five minutes just trying to become coordinated with your dog as much as you possibly can. And I know sometimes there is a lot of stress going on and it is really hard. You got to check that email or you, you have to do this whole list of tasks that you have to get done. And uh, it, it's not like a question. Maybe it, it's something that you have to do. And um, sometimes it's very hard to just say, I am going to spend five minutes and I'm going to pretend like there is nothing else in this whole world than just my dog. And every time my dog does something, then I'm going to 
uh, notice it and I'm going to say uh, a praise to it, say its name or try to feel it myself. And, and I know it's hard to do that, but um, the next time it will be easier because what you're doing is you're teaching your brain um, that when you see your dog, it's going to go to this whole completely different mode. And so every time you uh, spend that five minutes to interact with your dog like that, you're teaching your brain that during the day, I'm going to have these periods where my brain can stop and my brain can start to learn new things. And uh, I'll be uh, thinking about my posture. I'll be thinking about my dog's posture. I'm not going to think about other things. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be breathing, you know, and, and, and just really coordinating with my dog in every way that I can think of. Um, then after you've done that for a while, then it, it will be easier to do that. And you can get on a deeper level with your dog. Hmm. So what other things should we be looking for, you know, when we're, when we're working with a dog that'll be help us help the dog and, uh, and us to be more effective because we're so dependent on the dog. I mean, really, when you think about it, uh, a guide dog user need really, uh, we, we don't like to admit it, or at least I don't like to admit it, but we need the dog. And you're uh, telling us to pay attention to them rather than worrying about teaching them. Uh, let them teach us. Right. Right. Because remember, uh, whether or not you think you're teaching the dog or you think you're not teaching the dog, that dog still sees you as alpha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 you are in you're in charge because you're the one who gives it its food and its water and its shelter. And so even if you think you're not really in charge, that dog is always going to see you as being in charge. So it's not a question of who's who's the alpha. You are the alpha. Oh. It's just a question of within that relationship of of. Uh, that dog needing you all the time and you are the leader of the dog all the time. If you're going to let it teach you, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're going to let it be in charge and if you're going to let it help you relax, because the the dog is probably not ever going to get you to work harder. The dog is probably going to want you to coordinate with it and to relax more. Hmm. Which is certainly a great enterprise for a lot of us, particularly when we're, you know, if we're nervous about blindness, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't see, I need to make decisions. And you're saying, if I hear you right, the dog, you know, will help us to see better uh, the things that we're afraid of. Yeah. And how to handle it if we just let it. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And, and that, the nice thing about a dog is he's not going to charge you anything for it. <laughs> true, true. You can save a lot of money by letting your dog teach you those sorts yeah. of things, you know. Well, what uh, are you? Do you cover a lot of this in your your book? Tell us a little bit about your book. Well, um, uh, in my book, I kind of uh, have I developed the story about. Um, what it means to um, have eyesight. Okay, so 
when I, when I talk about eyesight, um, I don't mean about being able to read and drive and, uh, do all these things that you can do with, uh, uh, really 2020 vision. Okay. Um, those things are good things. I'm not saying that they're bad, but what I'm saying is that in my book, I talk about how the eyes are in the very beginning of your uh, chain of command. So little, little muscles in your eyes and little, little changes uh, of things that seem small to you and your eyes are very large and important to the whole rest of your body mm-hmm. because your eyes are the boss of your body. So um, it is hard to be blind because it's like your boss is not able to t- give the commands that your body's expecting, but it's still the boss. So um, in my book, I talk about how it's so important to try to uh, uh so, uh, uh, pay attention to your eyes every day and, and, um, improve as much as you can, not trying to think about perfect vision, but just trying to, uh, keep what you have and to enjoy what you have. So any little bit of vision you have is a huge improvement for your whole body and your whole life. So as I'm, as I, as I am saying, you know, you go over to your dog and you, uh, notice that you use its harness in order to notice that different things are, are moving in its body. This is also part of eyesight because when your, uh, uh, body can sense, uh, 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 your dog's body moving, it's relayed to your eyes, you know, so even though you can't see it with a, a visual way, and yet your brain is using it as if it was like a visual information. So it's holding that space and saving that space. And it's, it's uh, maybe even increasing your neuroplasticity to allow for more space to be given later on. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So one of the important things about my book is that I, I rescued a dog that was completely blind and by doing this uh, interspecies natural vision, I increased her eyesight. I'm not saying that she can see perfectly well, but I'm saying just small changes in her eyesight. Just uh, like when I first got her, um, her pupils were completely obscured. They were completely blocked. And through natural vision, she got some light going into her eyes, which completely changed her life. So I'm not saying that she can see everything, but what I'm saying is that we need to fight for our vision and and to see whatever we can see because it is so important for our whole bodies because our eyes are in charge of everything. So any little thing that you can see and have as information for your eyes is going to be a huge benefit for your whole life. And this is why dogs are so important because as a human being, we can judge ourselves and we can say, yeah, well, that's great. I can see uh, that one area is dark and one area is light. But, man, I wish that I could I could do everything. And I wish that, you know, I, I still won't fit in with society and I still won't, you know, this and that. And, and you say all these things. 
and and now you've talked yourself down and it's not fun anymore and it's not good anymore and it's a waste of time and I don't know why I'm trying to do this. If you look at your dog and you work with your dog and you see your dog every day and that dog's eyesight improves, it's going to be so happy. Every little tiny improvement in my dog's eyesight has made her thrilled. And it makes me think about myself, about how when my eyesight improves or I, I, I see something beautiful that I, I really like, how I just kind of talk it down and I say, oh, that's not so good. That's not so great. I don't know why I, I, I'm happy. I don't know. You know, the dog never thinks that. Uh-huh. When the dog uh, is, when you connect to your dog, that dog's going to teach you about how important eyesight is and how great it is and how how it is the best thing um, to uh, cherish and love that because it it makes you happy. And if, if you are by yourself, you'll think, well, I'm not really happy. I feel so lonely. But if you're with your dog and your dog can see better, your dog's like, gosh, thank you so much for helping me see. I, I can't believe how much better my life is. I, I look to one side and one side is bright and the other side, the other side is dark. And that just makes me so happy just to be able to, just to be able to notice that, you know, and then you start thinking about yourself and you're like, you know, I am so spoiled. Everything has to be so fancy and terrific for me in order to like it at all. And then when I like it, then I just spend my whole time thinking about how I don't really like the things I like, Mm -hmm. you know. And if you train with your dog and you heal with your dog, your dog's going to teach you about life. And your dog's going to teach you about, you know, breathing in life. So it's not just breathing in air to your lungs, but you're breathing in life and thinking, gosh, I am so happy to be alive. And this is one of the best things about having a guide dog near you all the time is because if as the alpha dog, you allow that dog to be happy, you know, it's going to show you how it's happy. Mm. So, you know, so in other words, it really, when we talk about a guide dog giving you a, uh, a new part of the pine lease on life, lease yeah. on life. It really good, is good. by, yeah, by, yeah. by really uh, becoming your eyes and seeing things that we may that we may not be able to, but right. it may, okay, that's an interesting, uh, that's a, a fascinating concept. Yeah, yeah, and um, the dog will be. Uh, checking on you because you're the alpha dog if you don't allow it to do that it knows you're not allowing it to do that just by looking at your posture so you don't have to say you dumb dog i'm so sick of you um why don't you go sit in the corner you don't have to say that all you have to do is walk in and you're slumped over and you're not breathing and you're looking on on something else and your dog will your, your dog will hear that you know, but on the other hand, if you if you walk in and you see your dog, and you're like, oh, there's my dog. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, if it can help me to see something. And then the dog will be like, oh, I'll help you. I'd love to help you. And, and that can be true even if you don't have a guide dog. If you have, let's say, you partially sighted uh, and you just have a dog that's not as a guide dog, that's still uh, helping you. 
to, in essence, see. Right. Like for myself, I don't have a guide dog, but I have my dog that I'm I'm doing this interspecies natural vision with. And uh, one of the things I struggle with is like I'm a full-time employee of a corporation. And um, when I go into the work setting, I imitate my boss. So uh, if my boss is stressed out, I will take on my boss's posture. Mm. I'll take on my boss's facial expression. I'll take on my boss's stride. And the whole day long, eight hours long, um, I will walk and talk and breathe and act like my boss. Because I want to blend in. I want to be successful. And I want to do the things that my boss does so that my boss thinks that I'm great. And so uh, all those things are usually stress behaviors. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work and I'm saying, oh, I'm stressed out just like you. I'm, I'm going to stay stressed out and you can be stressed out too. And then I come home and I see my dog and I'm like, man, I just wish I could act like myself. Right. Okay. So I, and I imagine you're saying that a lot of us do that automatically without even being aware. You're aware of it and you're, you're suggesting that we look at it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of our relationship with other people, what, what kind of messages are we responding to? Right. Just, just as our dogs respond to us. Right. That's an interesting concept. Right. And so that um, as, as we're allowing our dog to uh, teach us these things, it's going to be more and more willing to show us uh, about um, how we can relax and, mm -hmm. and be ourselves around it. Okay. And, and when we get to that point, then we're more able to see our, see the, um, see the world outside home as a, a distant something else. So now we've relaxed and we're with our, we're with our pet or we're with our guide dog and we're changed in our mode. We've switched. And then when we go back, we switch back to the other way. But um, it's so important that we would be able to take that break mm -hmm. so that we can get a perspective of, wow, I really changed what I <laughs> <laughs> What's the title of your book? Um, it's called Playing for Peeps, a, a Guide to Interspecies Natural Vision. I see. How do you, what is the meaning of the title, uh, Playing for for, for peeps. peeps, and so it's like playing for keeps. It's a it's a play on words because uh you know how you like you play for keeps. Mm -hmm. It's like you want to keep, uh, you want to keep your eyesight. Ah, okay, play for keeps. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so um, you actually are more playful when you're more playful in life and less stressed out, then you'll keep your eyesight better. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I say the word peeps because it's like when peeps. you say the word peepers, jeepers, peepers. Yeah. Where'd you get those peepers? Yeah, you kind of think you're think of think of your life in that kind of a light kind of a way, and instead of like, oh my god, I have to have my eyes, otherwise I won't get a paycheck. Mm, right now, <laughs> now that that can't be healthy. That's great, Amy. I, I really uh, fascinated by your approach, and I'm sure our audiences are. 
and uh, I hope that we can keep in touch. And how can people get uh, my understanding? Your when you get your certification, mm-hmm. you're you're going to be available to do consultation. Yes. So um, right now I am studying with iTools I School in the Netherlands, and I, I I'm doing Zoom classes with Peter Reuter of the of Utrecht Netherlands, and um, I. I actually have just received my certification as a holistic vision teacher, um, but I'm not offering classes until I finish my book. So I, I'm going to finish my book on the end of September. And at that point, I'm going to start offering classes as a, a certified holistic health teacher. Um, but right now, if you want to follow me, um, uh, you can find all this information on my uh, Instagram, and, okay. and my name is Amy Seltzer. It's A M Y S E L T Z E R, and that's my Instagram profile name. Okay. Now, uh, are there other ways to get in contact with you that you that you want to lay out there? We're going to put it on a uh, uh, notes uh, category, but uh, if you want to tell people how to get in touch with you, yeah, I. I really prefer if people will email me. Um, it's Amy, A-M-Y, the number three, the letter M, the letter T, at gmail.com. So it's amy3mt at gmail.com. I love to get email. I try to respond within 24 hours. And uh, we can set something up if you want to set something up. Or if you just want to contact me with a question, I'll be glad to answer it. And I, I, I do a lot of, uh, uh, inter, uh, I contact people with email quite a bit. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate your, your help uh, in, in being on the program today. And uh, we certainly hope to keep in, in contact and uh, look forward to hearing more about what you're doing. Uh, so that's it for our program. It's Bill Lundgren signing off uh, for... Uh, Audio Information Network of Colorado. Have a great week.